All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, December 12th of 2023 here. Uh, for those of you guys who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at Saber Sim. This is a show where we go over how to use the Saber Sim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Second, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord and want to get access to that channel, there's a link in the description below. You get access to our similar channels, individual sport channels, and you also get access to the rest of the Sabersim team here. So can't say enough good things about the Discord if you are trying to become a better DFS player here. Uh, we also do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. And then looking ahead to today, we have a five-game NBA slate here. Uh, we just wrapped up the two-game NFL Monday night slate, which was like super weird with like the timing of both games starting at the same time, but made it a really fun sweat. And then we have a 10-game NHL slate today as well. So it should be a fun day of DFS here. Uh, before we get started, as always, want to remind you guys, if you guys are not signed up, for our weekly max challenge, get signed up. There are still a couple weeks left here in the NFL regular season, and there are still opportunities to win weekly prizes. And then if you have been participating for a little bit, a uh, little while here, you can get access to our season long prizes, especially the 10 week tier here, which comes with the Saber Sim Nike duffel bag, which is pretty sweet. All you got to do, follow these eligibility requirements down here on the bottom. The link to this page is in the description of this video. And then we also have an owner's box version as well as our DraftKings version. So get signed up and get participating. But with that said, we're going to get started with questions that came in in the Discord here. And it looks like our first question came in from GW here. Uh, not a ton of questions in the queue here. So if you guys have questions, now is a great time to get those in. Appreciate you guys hanging out while I got off to a little bit of a late start here. So I appreciate your patience. But first question of the day, can you help me set up a filter to allow only players that are value greater than X dot X or salary over a certain percentage? I want to put together an initial player pool quickly that filters out low value, lower salary players. Uh, yeah. So if you're doing a filter, what you where you go is next to the search icon right in the middle here. You click this filter, and then you use this add filter button. Now, maybe I want to say, you know, show players with value greater than, and we'll say four. Now, the only thing that you mentioned that I know you can't do is there's no or option here. There's only like an and. So we put in this value of four here. And then if I scroll down, I sort by value, scroll down, I'm going to get to see all the guys that I'm getting rid of, right? And then, you know, what I like to do is I like to do this exercise when I use a filter because I want to be making a conscious decision to exclude these players here. And when I do that, then I, at least I know like, Hey, I, I know I got, I removed so-and-so from my player pool. So what I can do is like set a filter, you know, okay, no one under a four value here. And then you could even set a second filter. So you could do either put it in the same one and use an and option, or you can go and set a second filter, which basically works the same way, but there is no or. So I would try and find a happy medium here where something like that makes sense for you. 
Uh, but you just kind of have to kind of play around with it, use the filters, start with a number, you know, try and be a little conservative maybe, and then kind of go from there. But that's how you do that. All right. Looks like our guy, Peter, having some success. Congrats, Peter, man. And then we have KG here. Uh, this is our last question at the moment. KG said, hey, Andrew, I was hoping you can walk me through how to rebuild my lineups when I curated a player on one build. For example, I was getting none of Doncic yesterday, and I raised his projection to 100, and then it was only able to create one lineup. I had to start a new build, but the player was gone. Okay, so yes, we could definitely do this. And we have some time today, so that's no problem. So let's say I'm going to build with, with my value filter on. Okay, I'm going to make a couple updates to projections here. I'm going to go to my settings. Uh, we're just going to build 500 lineups for this demo, just so it is a little bit easier here. And then basically what I want to do is I want to see what our exposures are on the end here, and then we'll go in and make our fine-tune adjustments. So let's let these lineups finish. They're finishing up right now. Now I come in here, scroll over to the side, and I can see here. So let's say I'm building 150 lineups, right? I'm building 150 lineups. And what I notice that in my 500, you know, even when I sort by, where was I sorting by? Let's sort by projection. So use Doncic as an example. So I noticed I only have him in 57 lineups and maybe, maybe I want him in at least half, right? So if I go to my min exposure here, oh, this would be a pain. So I have this like weird bug where I'm getting like the text box as like if I'm on mobile, but let's say I want him in 50% of my lineups, right? So boom, I set 50, unable to meet exposures. Okay. So what I want to do at this point, is I want to hit keep editing. I want to make any more adjustments I want. Maybe I want a certain amount of number of lineups with Nikola Jokic as well. So maybe I want 25%. And I know I can't get to that right now because there are just not enough lineups. Oh, there's actually yeah. So 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 there's only 12%, right? 18 out of the 150 is only 12%. So this one doesn't reach it, right? Maybe I want, you know, so many lineups with with Devin Booker, and I'll put like 10% of him, right? So the builder is not going to be able to meet any of these. But then once I've done all those changes that I want, then I go use rebuild lineups. It's going to get rid of these lineups. And then what it's going to do, it's going to use those min exposures I've set as inputs into the next build. So this build that is currently running it is taking into account those exposure adjustments that I have now requested. And then what it should do is honor those in the post build without you having to do any more additional work here. So if I look here, so not only am I getting the players at the exposures that I requested, but I'm also getting them in my pool. So I asked for uh, 50% Doncic. I have them in 250 out of 500 lineups. And then he's in 65% of my top 20. And then for Jokic, I asked for 25%. I got just about 25 in my pool and in my top 20 here. And then same thing for Booker. I asked for 10%. Um, he's in 15% of my 20 and then about 14% of my pool. So 
this is basically what should be happening when you are rebuilding lineups is that the builder is looking at your inputs, taking them into account and then applying them directly to the new build. Now, if this process is not working for you or it's not working the way you want or some you're running into some weird thing, what I would suggest doing, go to the top right, go to report a problem, write us a brief description of what you're encountering, and then that'll go straight to our support team and we'll be able to look into it. But what should be happening is exactly what I demonstrated for you guys right here. So that is the expected outcome. All right. Uh, question here from Shane. Shane said, seems when I sort my lineups based on highest percent risk-adjusted ROI, win rate, ROI, they are very boom-bust, mostly bust. My question is, is there a sweet spot to look when sorting is a certain percent above uh, just become very boom-or-bust? Just not having luck when using Sims to help sort, so trying to get a better grip on how to use Ultimate Thanks. Uh, great question, and the answer is you're right. So, you know, when we are simulating a contest 100,000 times, you get even... Okay, so let me back up. So a lineup's ROI really comes from winning the contest. And the reason for that is that these contests are so top-heavy. A very large percent of the prize pool usually goes to first place, whether that be uh, 25%, 33%, 50%, right? Like oftentimes a lot of the prizes in winning first. So therefore the higher ROI lineups are usually lineups that won. Now what ROI does not account for is how the lineup got to its ROI. It is just looking at, Hey, you know, it won this many dollars. Our entry fees cost this much. It does a formula and then it spits out the percentage ROI. So like on average, you know, your lineup turned, cost $10 and it returned $11, right? That'd be like a 10% ROI. It's not looking at how it achieved that. So that is what risk adjusted ROI does. And an example would be if you had two lineups that are both 100% ROI. However, one lineup won the contest three times and never cashed again. And then the second lineup, maybe it only won the contest one time, but it had a lot of other high percent finishes. Maybe it came in, you know, in the top 10 very often. Maybe it had, you know, some other good high caches, but they, those weren't wins. So that second lineup is going to be less quote unquote risky than the first lineup is. Now, risk adjusted ROI and ROI are still heavily correlated and they're also heavily correlated to win rate. So there's different things that you can do here. Um, you could, you could experiment with custom metrics, right? I think custom metrics are super cool. If you want to come in here and you want to do a custom metric and then you want to combine, you know, risk-adjusted ROI with cash rate, with, you know, average projection, you could experiment with some type of custom metric, but custom metric allows you to get all of these different variables and then put them into a formula that makes sense to you, right? So I would recommend trying and experimenting with custom metrics and then see what the lineups and your exposures look like on the other side here and basically see are those things passing the eye test for you? Maybe you use a custom metric, you know, for one to two weeks and then you try and adjust it and see what you can do from there. So like that's definitely an option. Um, something that I've experimented with 
and I'll say for, for NFL showdown is I will sort by single game saber score because I like taking into account sim optimals in my showdown lineups. And I use the custom metrics as a filter rather. So what I'll do is if I have a custom metric, I'll go to my filters. I'm sorry, if I have a contest sim and I'll say, you know, show lineups where ROI is greater than zero. And then I'm using the custom metric as a, I'm sorry, I'm using the contest sim metrics as a filter rather than the sorting method. And then I'm still using single game Sabre score. So remember, you know, Sabre score was built on contest sims. The way I like to explain it is Sabre score is like the 80-20 of contest sims where contest sims are like the actual, you know, as specific as you can get. So the biggest difference is that Sabre score has to cast a wider net and capture a lot of contests at once. So it's not taking into account the specific contest size, the specific payout structure, the specific percent to first, all those things. Uh, Sabre score does not capture that as well as contest sims do. So not to say Sabre score is bad, right? I still like Sabre score. I still like accounting for sim optimals. The reason I use that is because I don't feel like I'm smart enough to go and create a custom metric that is better than what was already backtested and created. So uh, there's different ways to use contest sims. And, you know, I think that messing around with custom metrics or other sorting metrics and filters are definitely good ways to continue to incorporate those things and not use them as sorting methods directly. But very good question. And with that, we are all caught up with questions in both the Office Hours channel and the Discord. I'm sorry, the Office Hours channel in Discord and the YouTube chat. So I know Tuesday is usually a little slower since there is no football here. Uh, but appreciate you guys tuning in as always. And we will be right back here tomorrow, Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern for our next show. But uh, before we get out of here, one question from Samuel said, Hey, Andrew, trying to remember for showdowns using GeoMean while playing different type of contest size and fees, which GeoMean should I use? Uh, great question. So GeoMean is always a formula that takes into account the size of the contest that you are playing. So if you go to our help docs, we have a really good four minute short video here that really breaks it down in really good detail. So if you go to uh, the support library, Type in geometric. You're going to get this article here, which I will drop in the YouTube chat. And really what the formula says, and maybe I could do it here. Open up a Word doc. Hold on. So the formula is... Uh, number of dupes. So this is like the number that you choose. So usually I start with something like 20 as like a baseline divided by, you know, number of entries in the contest. So this will change contest by contest basis. And you can take that to the power of one divided by the number of players in your lineup. So for showdown, it's typically six here. And then your formula would look like that. So depending on the contest that you're playing, We'll, we'll change the number in the denominator here. And then I just say 20 is like a good baseline because the truth is I don't think that um, geometric mean is like an end-all be-all. Like, oh, you know, this number is always accurate. I think there are other things that you can do with either salary limitations or things that you can do with lineup construction and having a very good understanding of like, 
hey, what's the spread? Oh, you know, so-and-so is a 10-point favorite. They're probably going to be a lot of 5-1 and 4-2 lineups in favor of this team. Who's the popular captain? Are people going to play a lot of defense? Like, uh, you know, kind of understanding more of those like game theory type aspects and lineup combinational stuff will also help you to get more unique in your lineups. But there's a lot of different things beyond geometric mean that you can do. And I think that this is a very useful tool, but I think that it is just one step. That's why I'm not setting this number to, to one or to three or anything like that. I think it's a just a good baseline, something to to have in your back pocket and, and use. All right. CMC said, one more question. Is the distribution of outcomes always normal or is it specific to the player and one game? Uh, good question. So our player range of outcomes come from our play-by-play -play simulations here. So our player distributions, we are not assuming they are normally distributed and we are coming up with their range of outcomes by playing the games out thousands and thousands of times here. So one of the best examples is to go and look at a super high variance sport like MLB, like uh, NHL, like golf, like MMA, where some of these sports have very like binary outcomes. But if I go to NHL and I click on anybody, even Connor McDavid here, uh, what you're going to see is that, you know, this, graph here is not normally distributed. It is very right skewed. And then typically in a right skewed data set, what you're going to see is that the player's average projection is a lot higher than their 50th percentile, their median. And the reason for that is because these very high outcomes, the 1% the outcomes where he's scoring 50 points or 45 points are really going to shift the mean more than the 50th percentile here. So that's something that you'll see in these right skewed data sets, but we work very hard on our play-by-play -play simulations to make sure that these range of outcomes are accurate. And um, that's why we think that we do so well in showdowns is because we have these game scripts where the games are played out play-by-play, -play, and then we are using those single game simulations to build you lineups that accurately mimic what can happen throughout the course of a game. Uh, Samuel said, do I need to use one per each contest size? Uh, yeah. So if like best practice would be yes. Um, what I typically do is I will just pick the contest that matters the most to me and then just use one geometric mean for all of my contests. I do that for time saving. So like, say you're playing, you know, the quarter jukebox, the $1.20 max and the $3.20 max. I might just do the geometric mean from the $3.20 max because that's like the biggest percent, the biggest prize, my biggest entry fees, et cetera. And I just might use that one for all of the other contests altogether. CMC said, for example, you know, a player has a minutes limit of 20. That makes it really hard for them to smash the slate. Will the distributions reflect that? Uh, yeah. So what you're going to see here is that when we go back to NBA, the minutes that we show in the app is it's it's their it's their average minutes in the sims so what we're saying is that hey you know so and so in our simulations based on all of our inputs here they played an average of about 20 minutes in the sims so if we were to go and sort by minutes here you know that's that's going to affect their upside ultimately right so if i go and look at somebody even like even like Metu here, who we're getting a ton of, I just think mostly because ownership hasn't updated and he's probably really cheap. 
you know, all of his outcomes, his, his graph, his distribution are kind of centered around that, that mean score here. And his upside is not as high as some other players who are playing more minutes. So on average, he played about 20 minutes in our Sims and then his upside outcomes, you know, 30%, uh, I'm sorry, 30.3% of the time. You could also see it in the player percentiles over here on the right. You know, his 95th percentile is 30 points. His 99th percentile is 36 points. And so remember that a 99th percentile for the player is, is saying that, Hey, in our Sims, he only scored 36 points 1% of the time. And that was his highest 1% of outcomes in the Sims here. So the minutes are being taken into account when, when analyzing these players graphs here, and then all of the percentiles are updated accordingly. Samuel said, thanks. Always. Uh, amazing help, Andrew. Yeah, man. Happy to help out. And then any time frame on that fantasy point per minute feature. Uh, you know what? I don't have one here, but the more times these things come up, the easier it is for me to push for features to get out of here. So I will, uh, you know, go back and, and see where we're at with that, but I can definitely take that back to the team. But all right. Appreciate a couple last questions there. Uh, definitely enjoy doing this show for you guys and answering questions as long as they come in. But with that said, we will be right back here tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern for our Wednesday show. Appreciate you guys tuning in as always. And until tomorrow, take care. Good luck. I'll see you all. Thanks. Bye.